0: hey guys thanks for tuning in to another episode of what in the wellness as always i love to hear your feedback suggestions for new topics questions that you would like answered maybe even a guest that you would like to have on or maybe you'd like to be the guest yourself either way i'd love to hear from you please feel free to reach me by email or message Uh, you guys know where to do that now let's get started for today's episode In this episode uh you'll notice that we had a little bit of technical difficulties when we started recording and had to switch over to a different method so um these are always recorded live and posted at a later date and um, we do that just to keep it um conversational i say we it's just me you guys um just keep it conversational and as authentic as possible so these are essentially uploaded with minimal to no edits um, it's just the conversation as honest and candid as it can be between me and my guest. So today you'll be listening to my conversation with JC, who has actually been a guest on the podcast before, but came back to talk um and finish out uh, our November harvest series because he is a beekeeper in North Carolina and um Anytime we're talking about harvesting and health, um, bees come into the equation for many reasons. Not only is honey just a wonderful, delicious thing to add, um, but bees are the source of pollination that keep uh, the gardening and the plants growing. And as you probably have seen in the news, there is a a shortage of bees in our population. And so um, we bring all of that into this wonderful discussion with JC, and he gives you some really great insights. Um, and I learned so much during this podcast about bees. I had no idea um, and had a great time learning about them. Um, we discuss all the things, including uh, the bee rave, as I call it, that happens during the winter. And um, this is just a really great episode. So I really hope you enjoy. And as always, Please like, share, subscribe, follow, and submit any questions or future topics that you would like to cover. If you'd like to be a guest, um, in the outro it explains how to do that. Just do that via email, and I really look forward to you hearing this absolutely fun and fascinating conversation with JC about bees. So let's get started. And all right, awesome. How are you doing today, JC? it
1: It sounds better already.
0: It does, it does already. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, for those of you who are tuning in again, we have another episode of What in the Wellness. And I'm your host, Ansley Knopf. We've got JC back in the house today. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I am doing fantastic. Just enjoying a good, good weather here in North Carolina. Ready for the holidays.
0: Oh, right. And well, re- ready or not, here they come. I mean,
1: uh, yeah. This, right you're here. here. In a in blink of an eye, here we are.
0: And here we are. Um, so I actually got to talk to uh, somebody else dealing with some relatively nice weather. It sounds like our friend Julie uh, recorded with her earlier today over in Italy, and so um, oh really, that that's awesome. awesome. She said, she said hi. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I get to record with uh, with JC later. She's like, what? That's awesome.
1: <laughs> Small world. That's crazy
0: it is it is um and she said oh you're going to talk to him about bees right and i was like yes and she's (laughs) like oh she's like uh well make sure because we were talking about herbs and she's like bee propolis is super good i was going to talk about that she's like but talk to him about that because um he's got the bees and i was like perfect so noted um so just know that's that's a question coming in from uh julie she wants you to talk about bee propolis um So that actually kind of gives you guys an idea of where we're headed today as part of our November series, Happy Healthy Harvest. And um, so far we've covered local farming and gardening, tower gardening, um, herbs with Julie this month and how they play into um, cooking and all these wonderful, beautiful fall harvest recipes and your immune system and your health. And now we finally get to talk about something super sweet. Which is punny, um, bees and honey, with our good friend JC who um, was with us earlier and um, written, recorded another episode. And so I'm super excited to have him here. So, but if in case somebody hasn't already met you, followed you on InstaWebs, um, as I call them now, and and doesn't know who you are, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from, all the things, and then we'll get into the into the buzz of the the bee talk there
1: awesome well thank you for having me one more time anthony i appreciate it uh yeah i'm jc nieves i'm certifying uh, as precision nutrition level one coach online personal trainer and also a, a nutritionist i've been doing this for about six seven years and i'm also a certified beekeeper in the state of north carolina and i've been a beekeeper for about i think this is my third or fourth year into it oh wow yeah it's uh love my bees they have been stoned way too many times but that's just part of you know it comes with the territory that, <laughs> yeah comes with the territory uh yeah they're awesome insects and i'm very excited to talk to you and, and your listeners as well about the awesomeness of bees they they're extremely important that's for sure
0: yeah, I mean, just to dive right into that, um, thank you for being here again. And um, bees have been coming up a lot in the news in the past, I'm going to say, decade, probably yes, correct, um, more yeah. than I've, I've ever seen, I think, before. And just growing up, you know, as a kid, I, there was not a lot of bee talk, you know, like it was cool if people had them. We liked honey. Um, we didn't want to get stung by them, but there really wasn't a lot of talk about bees and their role in the ecosystem and the environment and our food and all these different things until like the past decade or so and that's just i see another news article about bees i think probably at least every other day um so they have this incredibly important role that people are becoming more aware of was the need for bees something that led you to become a beekeeper
1: yes that is correct uh when i was uh on my previous job a couple of the guys were talking about Bees, And, you know, I decided to join the club, but the main reason for it is because, yeah, I mean, without bees our, like you mentioned, the ecosystem, our food supply will be greatly, greatly affected with them. They are one of the top pollinators, if not the top pollinators that farmers, uh, for, for as an example, all the, without bees right now, you wouldn't have the huge almond industry you have in California. Because that's, as a matter of fact, that's where I got my bees from. They move oh, them, really? yeah. They moved them from field to field just to pollinate because they're such great pollinators and they can cover a lot of land in very short amount of time. And yeah, that's what led me to take care of them and you know the environment needs it. They really need them.
0: Wow. Okay, so you're saying that all of my popular almond milk wouldn't be possible without bees?
1: Will not be possible at all they uh the the farmers that's what they use bees to pollinate and i'm talking about massive amount of, of bee boxes and colonies that have to use to pollinate those fields
0: wow okay so i i feel like this is something we all learned watching like national geographic or something back in the school days but for some of us that was a while ago um how ex- tell me about the process of pollination and how that plays into like, how does it even happen? What do bees do to pollinate? And why is that important to our food supply? Because it seems like we can just go to the store and get stuff, right? Like, I think we're oh, kind of disconnected from that process. A lot
1: of people don't realize it. But, yeah, the bees, you know, they go each flower. Every time they go to a flower, they get pollen in, you know, in the little hairs. And when they go from flower to flower, that's how they pollinate the plants. And obviously, you know, without pollination, the plant cannot bear its fruits, which in the case of almonds would be the almonds that we all love and enjoy. So they go from flower to flower. You know, they can mix the pollen from a male part to the female part of the flower. They pollinate it, and that's how we get almonds. Only almonds, that's how we get most of our produce in the stores as well. So they do a lot of work, a lot of work. And if I'm not mistaken, they are so, they will not stop going to a, uh, how can I explain this? If they pick one type of flower, they will completely gravitate towards that one until there's no pollen whatsoever. They don't go from flower to flower. They pick one at a time. Really? Yeah. They will clear, yeah, they will clear a field and then they will move to the next one.
0: Oh, wow. So, like, they have, like, a system.
1: Yes. They're, they're, they are, they're
0: organized with bees. <laughs> they are
1: very methodical insects.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I've never thought about that. I've just imagined them just kind of, like, flittering around, like, carefree. Oh, I'll just go to this flower. I'll just go to this one. Like, no, they have,
1: like, a system. They have a system. They talk to each other through pheromones. And that's how they communicate. <clears throat>
0: oh, wow. Like, I don't... <laughs> I'm not a bee person. Um, like, I appreciate what they do, but they kind of freak me out a little bit. What? But I'm like, I'm gaining a whole new respect for them. Like, I'm like, whoa, these are some intelligent creatures yes. and they have this whole system. So I'm like, wait a second. Maybe I've misunderstood bees.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. They communicate to pheromones. They, uh, they also uh, have what is called a waggle dance to kind of follow this you know they talk to each other the dance it tells the other ones hey this is the direction this is how far the field is this is what i found so they come in and that's how they communicate with each other
0: oh wow that is that is mind-blowing i feel like i need to go watch this like the movie again when that came out did you watch that like was was that accurate <laughs>
1: I, I don't know i mean i have seen them doing the waggle dance but i don't know how to read their dance but they're doing all the time when i do the inspections i can see them talking to each other doing the shakes yeah it however shakes they make that tells the other beats the distance they need to fly out and then which direction it tells them the bearings based on the sun's uh angle in the sky
0: oh my god that is so cool
1: (laughs) it is freaking yeah it's phenomenal they're really interesting individuals Wow,
0: and so the um, the decline in bees—we've seen obviously the rise in the news articles about the decline of the bees. Um, so, what what happened? What was happening to, or what's been happening to cause this decline in the bee population?
1: On the bee population right now, some of the, the pesticides that they're the, you know that we're using for the fields. Mm-hmm. However, most of the problem is uh, is due to a mite, and it's called the varroa mite. And Mm -hmm. the problem that we have here in the United States is that the bees here, they are not used to that mite. Now, Japanese bees, they are used to those mites and there are, uh, because they they learn to live with this mite, they can clean each other out. So they pick the mites off each other. Our bees here in the United States, they haven't picked that trait yet. So the mite itself is not the problem. What's going on is the mite, because it's uh imagine it's like a tick so mm-hmm. because it attaches to the bees it makes them weaker which means they are more prone to diseases and that's what's been going on a lot oh wow yeah
0: so they have um just if they're not used they don't they haven't learned yet they haven't
1: they, they have like not, gone yes. through their
0: evolution to take the mite off of them
1: exactly to
0: the and I so think- they're ones- oh, Okay.
1: There's several studies that are trying to breed Japanese to try to pass those genes to uh, our bees here in the United States. So hopefully they can pick that trait so they can start cleaning the mites off each other. But I don't think uh, they have been successful yet.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's just, I'm going to just take a second really quick. Because yeah. every time something like this comes up in any type of uh, anything at all, like in the animal kingdom, it just, um, I love it because... It's so cool um, because I have this huge, like, nerd out passion for genetics and like epigenetics and how things um, get passed down through gene expression from parent to child. Yeah, and uh, and you can see this in in so many different things um, in humans, um, but apparently also um, as as per usual, even traits like that, uh, learned behaviors like that, um, just knowing that that's what they need to do with something like this might um can hopefully get passed down through enter species yeah. um, but it has been passed down generation to generation with the japanese beetles and that's that really cool like micro evolution that happens within a species um which is just super cool so I'm, I'm curious now i feel like i'm gonna have to follow this now to see if they're able to successfully crossbreed um to to help the save the bees. So, um, was there like a call put out then? Because obviously they're working on some other options for for that, but is there was there like a call put out to beekeepers to increase maybe their hives or to like try and help repopulate the bee population? I mean, like what what are the steps to take then to help? I that? don't
1: yeah, I don't think there has been a call to action when it comes to uh, you know, uh having more bee, and, you know, uh, increase the bee population in United states. Because again, as you, as you mentioned, not a lot of people think about these things. I think it's been passed to a hobby beekeeper, so to speak, for us to kind of educate the public and try to keep mm-hmm. our colonies as healthy as we can. And obviously, you know, increase the population. I know a couple, wow. yeah, a couple of years ago, uh, I think the winter was so cold in North Carolina that the state lost 30% of the bees because of mm. cold weather. So that's something that we also have to manage as well. Cold weather, we got to keep them insulated and do our best to, to. it's a lot of work. Even though they stay on a little, you know, like a wooden colony, you, we still need to take care of them all through the winter. It's, it's a job that never ends.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a lot to do. Um, my goodness. So I'm, I'm just trying to think about like the amount of beekeepers that I've known in my life um, growing up in kind of the country and just rural North Georgia and um, moving around in different places and seeing bees. And I think probably a, a handful of, of beekeepers that I've seen and, you know, personally, and a lot of times they were paired up at like farms um, where people were already out doing husbandry work and yeah. gardening and things mm-hmm. like that. And they had bees as part of the population to help with their specific um, Crop. crops. Yeah. Yeah. hmm
1: Yeah, I don't have a, I'm not a farmer. I don't have anything, you know, like, a, I just do it for the love of the hobby, to be honest with you. I like it. And, you know, I uh, harvest the honey as well. But I'm mostly more concerned about keeping the populations uh, healthy and, and going and, and thriving.
0: So what do you need to, um, to start? Like, what was your first step in getting started with, with getting bees?
1: Oh, we just have the, the very first thing is you have to get everything ready, meaning the boxes, because there's different. There's so much options when it comes to raising bees. But the most important part is that you have to have everything ready before you get your uh, what is called a package of bees because they come in a, in a box. They <laughs> just come in a little box, a bunch of bees, and you, just, you have to have our, their home ready for them because they, uh, they are very busy, and they want to start building a home quick. So, you, it's not so it's not something that you can get your bees, receive them, and not have a home for them ready. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're going to perish. So you have to have everything ready. Uh, the boxes, the foundation where they're going to build the honeycomb, um, the food they're going to eat. You got to have everything ready for them when you receive. And usually, I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, I know here in the state of North Carolina, you don't have to have, uh, you don't have to be Burma or a club to raise bees. That might change from state to state. But that's how I got my bees through the club that I joined. And I'm pretty sure if any of your viewers or, I mean, listeners are interested, they can probably ask around and do a Google search in their state to try to find uh, any local clubs, which I will totally recommend because you will learn a lot.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a great way to get started, just to have some some like veteran beekeepers help yes. you navigate through that for sure.
1: It does make a difference.
0: So you're talking about, you said you do eat the honey, um, and I know there's different parts to honey uh there's like obviously you have the honey comb as well um when you, it comes to harvesting that honey is there a time period that you can and or that you shouldn't or like how does that work because i think we just assume it's like hive honey you know go yeah. eat it we've all watched pooh bear <laughs> yeah. you know you just go get the honey um but i assume that there's a process to that
1: as well there yes there is a process because uh especially now you cannot wait Because let's face it, the honey, they make the honey for themselves. It's not for human consumption. That's their Mm -hmm. food, right? So what happens is once they start packing all that honey, if you don't collect that honey and harvest it, what they will do, they will start moving it from top of the hive and putting it around their their brood, which is pretty much where the the larvae and the eggs are because they want to insulate. They want to have access to that food. So they're going to start moving it. And it will make it a lot easier. I mean, a lot harder for the beekeeper to harvest the honey. So you have to do it before they start preparing for the winter. And there's another small window opportunity in the spring as well. So me personally, I only harvest once a year. Some beekeepers they harvest twice a year. So it depends on the equipment that you have too and your timing.
0: Wow. Okay. So there's, there's a window for that. Just like any other harvest, there's like a yes, window. <laughs> there, is
1: a, there is a window. Yeah.
0: So they put, Um. you said they put it around like the bottom of the hive and that's where they keep their, their young. Is that how they keep them warm? Yes.
1: Yes. They keep everything. They try to keep the brood. What's what uh, that's a proper term for it. They try to keep it at the bottom and they will always store the honey on top. They will keep, store in as long as you give them space they will continue making honey but again if you wait too long they will go to the top of the boxes they will move that honey and put it around their brood that way they stay like a like in a ball because they have to generate that heat and the way to generate Mm -hmm. heat is by eating honey and shaking and vibrating that's how they keep themselves warm during the winter so they want to have all the resources around the brood to keep it on a tight ball. That's what they do.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Okay. I had two questions that came into my head at the exact yeah. same time. So I'm trying to decide which one to ask. Um, okay. So um, I think I'm going to ask this one first and then I'm going to move into like bee propolis and honey and, and those things and what those are and, and what those properties are and what they do. Um, really quick, walk me through the life cycle of a bee and also answer the question if you can and, and so desire um do all because i feel like this comes up i feel like i know the answer but i okay. want to ask it anyways because a lot of people wonder it do all bees make honey um or is it simply is a honeybee a specific type of bee
1: well the honeybee they're the ones who are going to make most of the honey that we consume at the stores mm-hmm. that is 100 percent. as for the life cycle <clears throat> There's three of what it's called cast, so to speak. You have okay. the queen. There's only one per hive. You have the workers, which is all females. All of them are females. And you have the drones. The drones are the males. And it's funny that you mentioned that because right now, uh, <laughs> right now they're kicking all the males out of their hives. It's crazy. If you, Oh my yeah.
0: God.
1: <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, those bees are, they're brutal. Right now, they're kicking all the males out because this is not the season for breeding.
0: Oh, so, wow. So it is very much like your role is yes. done. You have to. Leave.
1: If you are a male in a colony, good luck because they're going to kick you out. They're going to let you. It's funny because if you go to the hive, you will see the females dragging the males out of the hives and just kicking them out because. Oh yeah. my! God. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane.
0: Wow. Okay. So, like, I just out of curiosity, I'm assuming that a lot of those like first bees that you find outside that are like mad, and then they're dead shortly, yes. and, like not too long, that first cold front comes through. Those are those the males. Are the, They've those been are kicked the males. Out. They kick them
1: out because the only thing they do is eat. That's it. They oh. eat and mate, but since it's not a mating season, guess what? No, you're eating. They yeah, got to go. go. You're eating they resources. <laughs> so all the girls <laughs> will drag them out and kick them out of the hive. It's, it's funny as heck. It is crazy. Uh,
0: that sounds like a little great YouTube drama it's, series it's, there.
1: It's like. so funny. Let me see if I record a video one of these days and I'll post it on my Facebook page and I will tag you so you can see the girls just kicking the boys out. It's crazy.
0: Oh my god, that's great. That is fantastic. I know there's some people right now grinning and laughing as they're listening to this like, mm-hmm, that makes it's sense. Crazy. And I'm just like <laughs> Wow, okay, that's perfect. Thank you for sharing I that's that's hilarious. Yeah, um, crazy
1: and then the girls, which is that you know, most of the hive is female and you have a queen, only one because it can only be only one on and per hive. And it's funny because a lot of people think the queen is in charge and it's not the uh, it's not the case it's the entire colony the entire hive is in charge because again if the queen is not performing they will get rid of the queen oh, yeah.
0: wow wow
1: they make the queens and they control uh the queens as well the entire hive the queen has only one purpose only. That purpose is to lay eggs. That's it. That's her entire life. She mates once and she stores everything. And then she decides, okay, this egg is going to be fertilized. This egg is not going to be fertilized. And she follows a specific pattern. And if she's not performing like, uh, like she should, the hive will get rid of her and they will make another queen.
0: Oh, my yeah. God. So is there a different is there any sort of anatomical differences between the queen or the or the worker bees? Or it's just like, hey, you gotta stay in this hive and, and do the egg thing, and we're gonna go and get food for you, chill out, oh. but work hard at the same time. Otherwise, we're getting no, rid of There's you.
1: definitely anatomical <laughs> differences. Uh, the queen is the only one that is fertile, is the only one that has sex organs developed. And yeah, wow. and the way they do this is uh the entire let's say uh, for example there's no queen in the hive which happens very often so if there's eggs in the hive the they will pick one egg that is no more than three days old and they will start feeding that single egg or several eggs what is called royal jelly and i'm pretty sure you and your viewers have heard about royal jelly you know and products uh, hair products things to that effect so they will yeah they right. will feed royal jelly to this egg or several eggs and that is the only thing they're going to feed them. That has a protein that specifically triggers the development of sex organs. And yeah. oh my
0: god. So it's literally like it's like a anointing oil for bees. Yeah. It's like, "Hey, we're going to give you royal jelly." You're the queen now. Get to work. <laughs>
1: and the cool, is to telling you, these bees are vicious because what happens is, after, let's say, ten days, they will cap the cell, and the you know the that larva will turn into a queen. And here's the tricky part: the very first queen that emerges, she will kill the other queens in the hive. The queen is. Just, oh my god! The queen is the only one that I can sting. Uh, continuously because she doesn't have a barbed wire. So she will go around. She will find the rest of the queens. She will get rid of those. And then she will become the queen of the hive.
0: Wow. This is, (laughs) I feel like you're describing Game of Thrones or something. It's like beast
1: style. (laughs) Yeah. They're amazing insects. And they talk to each other. You can hear them sometimes because they find each other through noise and what is called piping. So sometimes you can hear them and I wish I can record the video and and post it and send it to you so you can hear them because what they do is start shaking inside of you can hear it in the hive. And that's how they know, okay, this queen is here. This queen is here. So I know where I'm going to go as soon as they get out of here to sting this one and get rid of her.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's a level of intelligence that I honestly had never given to bees. I did not realize they were so so systematic. Yep. I mean, and ruthless, they are ruthless. But... <laughs> it's
1: the survival of the fittest. I'm telling you. Complete survival of the fittest. Wow. Yeah.
0: wow. Okay. So um I want to ask about like the, the composition of the royal jelly, but I'm sure that's something we can like link in the show notes for people that are interested in that that type of like composition and things like that. Um obviously that varies greatly from just like your run-of-the-mill exactly, honey. Yeah. Um, so since we've kind of shifted over to that, what is honey um, and how is it
1: made? Honey is made and the, the, they make it out of the nectar of the flowers. And the way it works, mm-hmm. it's one bee, for example, that will go to X amount of flowers and they pass that fructose from the flower each time they pass it to each other, because that's what they're doing, enzymes in their body are changing the chemical composition. So I don't remember from top of my head how many transfers from B to B need to happen before they take that liquid and then they start storing it. Now, once they store it, it's not honey yet, because now they have to reduce the humidity, and that's, which is the reason why honey is sterile. That's honey will never go bad. And the reason for it is because their humidity level is so low, nothing can grow in it at all. Yeah. Oh wow. If I'm not mistaken, I think the oldest honey that I ever found was 3,000 years old and it was still edible. I mean, I wouldn't, eat, yeah, I oh wouldn't eat God. it, but I have read about finding it in Egypt. And the honey was still edible because there's nothing can grow in it. And it's not only the honey, it's everything that comes with it from the local area. So if you're li- if, for your listeners, I would recommend getting honey from your local beekeeper because that's how you're going to get the best, for, especially for allergies. Don't get mm-hmm. stuff. Don't buy your honey at the store. Get it from your local beekeeper because that's what's going to help you because it has all the enzymes, all the pollen from the local area. That is what you want. Just because it's organic, that doesn't mean anything. You want it, it not only that. You're going to support your uh, your local beekeeper, and you're going to support his business, and you're also going to support the high population for your uh, for your area as well.
0: Which is a, yeah. such a great thing, such a cool thing. Um, okay, so health properties. As, as I have to ask Julie's question for sure. Um, there's a lot of health properties with honey. One of the main that we've heard, like you said, when you, when you do get it from a local area, from your local area, it can definitely help with yes, your allergies. Um, but there's also a lot of other, I mean, some of them, I think I, growing up, I heard a lot. They were more like ancient, like old wives medicine type things. But um, honey has a lot of different healing properties. Yes, you can
1: use it for cuts as well because it's sterile. That will help you. Uh, you can use it for your hair. You can use you make uh, you can make scrubs with it as well for your skin. There's so many, and again, because it has all the beneficial uh, enzymes and pollen from the local area, that is uh, definitely going to help you. You can use it on teas. Uh, there's so many different. Uh, you can cook with it as well. So it's really really good
0: so good. Oh, so it is gummy. delicious. <laughs> it's so delicious. Um, so the bee propolis yeah. question that Julie wanted me to ask, what in the world is that and where does it come from? The and prop- what does it do?
1: It's, that's what uh, the bees, there's a certain, what is called a bee space. Meaning if there's a certain gap above three eighths of an inch, they will leave it open. If it's a little... Smaller, they will try to seal it because, in essence, they want to seal the hive. So they make this uh, sticky substance. It's more like glue, and a lot of people call it bee glue, which is the propolis. And it's it's completely mm. antiseptic. Uh, there's people that make tinctures with it. Uh, there's some people that eat it as well because of the antiseptic mm-hmm. properties that they use. Uh, that has people that. Uh, for example there's some beekeepers have found mice mummified inside the bee i mean inside the, the beehive because what they do is uh, that you cover everything on this propolis to keep the hive sterile and keep the hive clean and that's what they used to seal themselves in and you know when you're doing inspection, you have to pop all the boxes and everything is glue and this sticky mess
0: Oh, wow. That is... <laughs> so that's why they're, like, trying to, like, crack yes. the boxes is... there.
1: They will them. seal everything. They don't want any air getting in. They don't want any other insects getting in. So they will seal every crack that they feel where there's draft coming in. They will seal everything without glue. Wow.
0: Wow. That's, like... I'm, I'm my, my mind is still so blown right now. I'm just like, these bees yeah. are so smart. <laughs> like, yeah. I just imagine now every bee, I'm going to imagine like running around like little, like glasses yeah, on they're, and they're yeah. like being they're super just, smart reading <laughs> books, you know, in the hot. They're just
1: not <laughs> flying around. They have a purpose. They, they know what they're doing and they been doing this thing for millennia. They're very methodical insects. Yeah.
0: That's so fun. Okay. So if you have you ever like have you ever named a bee? Do you have you ever I just have to ask these like fun questions now because I've never had bees. So have you ever <laughs> named a bees? Do you have like pet hives? Do you have like no, a hive not that's yet. more favored than the other? Like <laughs> not,
1: not yeah, but they they change each hive is different, has a different behavior based on whatever genetics was passed. I got some hives that are calm and some hives that I'm really scared of going in and inspecting them because they're very aggressive. So it changes too. Every time there's a new queen, the behavior of the hive changes because the pheromones are different.
0: Mm, okay. Now when you say you have to go and inspect the hives, um, what is it that you're looking for when you go and look and, well, and, and, and check on them?
1: For any, uh, there's several diseases that we have to look for as beekeepers. We had We're looking for a wax moth. They try to get they get in and make a mess of the hive. We're also looking for hive beetles. And we're also looking to make sure there's eggs, there's brood, and the hive itself looks uh, healthy. Because if I go to a hive right now in the winter and I don't see any eggs, I don't see any brood that tells me there's no queen here. And I know that hive is going to perish. So now I have to figure mm-hmm. out, okay, what am I going to do? So, okay, so we do something that's combining so I gotta take this hive without a queen and combine it with one that has a queen that way I can at least save those bees because without a queen right now the the entire hive will perish so I try to manage those as well so I'm pretty much looking for parasites anything uh, any signs of any disease and to make sure there's a queen there laying. Because at this point of the year, they're not going to be really expanding. Right now, they're surviving. So like I said, they're clumping up real tight. I just want to make sure they got all the resources they're going to need to survive the winter.
0: So this is um, this is interesting. If you have to combine a hive, is that... Is that like a, like a step family situation? Like you're like, Hey, I know these are new, <laughs> yes. but can you, can you accept them into yes. your family? <laughs> you have to, yeah.
1: Thank you for the question. Yes. You have to put a layer of newspaper between them because you have to right now, they're, they have that you put in the combining, they are used to different hormones. I mean, not hormones, pheromones. So mm-hmm. you have to put a layer of newspaper. So at least given the barrier, so they get to know the pheromones in them so they can get used to each other yeah it's not like you, you definitely can take a box and just give it to another hive because there's going to be confrontation and you don't want that in a in a hive right now so that
0: it, <laughs> sorry i had like a bee like a west side story yeah. thing going on in my head. they're like snapping their little bee it's, fingers it's, you know yeah. like
1: <laughs> they will eat the newspaper in, you know, two to three days, but at least it gives them that barrier, that delay, so they get used to the pheromones of the new queen. That way they can assimilate each other and there's no problem whatsoever.
0: Okay. Phew.
1: That's, so, yeah, that's yeah, a, a process.
0: That sounds really intense. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay. I have a, yeah. another random question that I have to ask. Um the, the saying the bees knees" has been around for a while. Do bees have needs?
1: What do you needs? Yes. Uh, they require right now in the winter because I harvest honey, I have to feed them because, again, I took the resources. So throughout the winter, I had to feed them. Uh, they eat a lot of sugar, a lot because they're hungry. And they also need mm-hmm. a lot of well pollen. They've been collecting that throughout the year, but some beekeepers supplement pollen patties because the pollen, it's their, their source of protein and the sugar is the source of carbohydrates. So, I, yeah, I have okay. to feed them That's throughout so the winter.
0: Much. Okay, so that answers the question about their needs. What about their, do they have knees, like joints, like On their legs? Oh, those knees. Ah,
1: No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, they don't have, no. They got several, (laughs) uh, they got six legs and really don't have, I wouldn't say joints. I don't know the exact uh, terminology. I'm not an an entomologist per se. I haven't got to my journeyman when it comes to a a beekeeper yet. So that's part of the the program I haven't partaken yet.
0: (laughs) No, it was, it was like it was just funny because you always say there like, "Oh, that's the bee's needs," and I'm like, "I don't no. think they <laughs> actually have physical <laughs> yeah. needs," but I'm gonna no. ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it is interesting to know that they do. I mean, especially as you are harvesting, like you said, their resources, their honey. Um, that's what they would normally eat, right? Throughout the winter, would be if, the honey yes, if it was it undisturbed.
1: Will, they will, that's the only thing that will eat the, uh, the honey. And it's funny because, again, talking about how smart they are, in the spring, you'll know when they are ready to not be fed because they will not touch the food that you give them anymore. They know, all right, the nectar is flowing. I don't need this stuff because I know where where to get the good stuff. And that tells you as a beekeeper, all right, I need to stop feeding them because they're not eating anymore. They're just going for the good stuff. Yeah
0: that is so cool that is awesome so you said that the pollen was the source of the protein and the i guess the honey is the source of the the carbohydrate so are they when they eat in the winter are they absorbing protein then at all or is it just a carbohydrate carbohydrate
1: much of the time because they need the carbs to uh the, the, like i said the way they generate heat is by shaking their bodies and that uses a lot of energy so this Mm -hmm. is the main source is carbohydrates
0: okay so they're like they're bodybuilders (laughs) in the in the warmer weather and uh and then they're they're like getting those carbs in to stay because they're eating the carbs
1: and they're shaking to keep the hive above 90 degrees even when it's freezing outside yes above 90 degrees i don't yeah, I don't. Oh the temperature God. can be 20 degrees outside, and the hive will be above 90. If I'm not mistaken, we'll, they will keep it above 93 at all times. Yeah.
0: Holy crap! I yeah. need that in my house then, and that would they, save me yeah. on my
1: heat bill. It requires a lot of energy, and it will be the you know the source of carbohydrates. It's a lot of shaking. They they ball up, and yeah, it requires a lot of energy to keep the hive that warm during the winter.
0: That's amazing. So we said they're shaking. Are they like having like a giant bee rage, yes. like they're dancing or is it more of like a small no, vibration? Yeah, it's, it's
1: like a rage. All of them are just, yeah, they're all it's shaking like- because they try to keep themselves warm. <laughs> they got to keep the queen warm and they also have to keep the brood, the larvae development. It requires a lot of heat, a lot of energy
0: wow that is such a beautiful like community effort though um to really make sure like you know the hive must thrive um and so it's that's just an amazing thing to see that they all have this role they play and they work really hard and they work as a community i mean those poor
1: those poor dudes got
0: kicked out early but um you know (laughs) (laughs) they're not invited to the dance party (laughs) um (laughs) oh but such a cool cool thing um and I've, I've been a huge, like, lover of honey and um, the aspects of, be- of bee propolis and things like that um, for a long time. And just, they it's just really, really delicious also. So for no other reason than that, um, people should try honey. But there is a difference. Um, you talked about, like, a, a lot of people, when you go to the store, it'll say things like orange blossom honey or clove honey. Um, and a lot of times those are, like, mass produced. So... If you were to sell your honey, uh, if that was something that you did, would you label it something like that, like orange blossom or clove, or is it more natural will, because will, it's just yeah. gathered from the I area? It's, sell it's not flower s- because wildflower. I
1: have no idea where they're going. They can fly up. They they can fly up to three mm-hmm. miles out of the hive. I mean, outside of the hive to collect. And the only way for me to know exactly wow. what my honey made out of, it will be to do a test. And I will have to take a sample, send it to the state, and they will run through the test and then let me know what's the most of the, uh, where's it coming from, pretty much. And the cool thing about it. Right. Is- yeah. Okay.
0: So when people are looking for honey, if they have wildflower, it's more than likely
1: Exactly. Like, like free range bees. bees. We have no control <laughs> other than, uh, like I said, doing a, it's not a genetic test. I'm sorry. It's a, a proper test to see where the uh, honeys come from. And each honey for each, each harvest will be different year by year. Your honey will never taste the same uh, from year to year because, you know, things change. You know, these flowers are coming in sooner than last year or this So every year your honey will taste stronger or milder. It's pretty interesting.
0: That is so cool. So cool. Okay. So you've already given our listeners some really, really great um, information on how to get started with finding their local beekeeping club for the, for the state and mentioned getting started and how to get the home ready first before you get bees. Um, is there, is there like a local state resource as well? If people are like, hey, I think bees are super cool. Um, I want to support my local beekeepers. I'm not really ready to have bees. I don't have the space to have bees myself. Is there like a directory or something for us to find our local beekeepers to help support them?
1: Uh, it depends on the state, like I mentioned. But you can probably Google you know a beekeeping club in whatever state you're from. And it will give you a good amount of options when it comes to that. Uh, like I said, I recommend the listeners to definitely join a club because it's really nice to have someone as a mentor instead of trying to figure this thing out mm-hmm. yourself because it can be overwhelming in the very beginning.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because that's, that's a lot of living creatures. a lot of questions. <laughs> You're always healthy. learning
1: something new, so that, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. definitely reach out to uh, uh to your local uh, club when needed because that's going to save you a lot of time and a lot of heartache as well.
0: That's so cool. So, do you have plans to um, expand your? I'm hive trying. In the yes, future? right now
1: I got four hives, and uh, I'm planning to do what is called splits which in the spring that's where they usually expand really quickly so i had to take each hive and split it in two and then expand from there hopefully i got four i w- i can probably manage six maybe even more i don't know yet
0: wow so how much time a week on average do you do you well, spend it depends. with if those it's hives. cold,
1: i don't bother them because like i mentioned Right now, they're trying to stay warm. And if you open the boxes, you're letting all the heat out and you're just creating more stress. So I, mm-hmm. it's going to be cold here in North Carolina. So I haven't checked them in about a week and a half. Because.
0: Okay. So just more yeah, like less because frequent checks. Right now, so. they're
1: not expanding, so to speak. Now they're trying to stay warm. And I really don't want to uh, stress them out at all. But in a, yeah, in a, in a summer, awesome. or spring, cool. usually once a week.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um,
0: and then obviously you have to wear your your beekeeping suit. You said you've been stung oh, <laughs> um, more than more than oh, share, but it comes to the territory. Yeah, I don't even so more,
1: um, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> you're like immune you now. Oh, so that's cool. Um. Do you, have you considered doing, uh, you're in North Carolina, any sort of like educational
1: tours for bees or anything like that? That's a great question. I would like to do it, uh, you know, take it to the schools and show kids what to do and, you know, show my bees and stuff like that. And I think I can do that with my club as well. We do a lot of uh, uh, school tours. Well, we used to now with COVID, it's makes things a little bit more complicated, so to speak. So, yeah, it's harder now to show people because of the regulations and all everything that's going on right now.
0: Right, yeah. Hopefully that I'm hoping that changes soon. We, as I'm sure we all do. Um, but that would be, be super cool. I feel like that'd be a nice like a day in the life of a beekeeper kind of series to put on the on the interwebs there for people to be like, oh, look, <laughs> there's, there's J.C. and his hives. i band name thinking about doing a live
1: mountains. and just <laughs> when I'm inspecting the hives, but I don't think I have enough reception from uh, inside of the house to the, to the phone to do the live inside the hive. Because I think... I think uh, Yeah, how far away are the hives from the house? I would say about 50 to 100 feet from the house.
0: Okay, so they're actually, they're closer than I thought, than they might be. Um, so, have you ever had them no, inside it, the house? That sounds like a dumb question, but I'm just like, I feel like they to would be in the house all the
1: time. All the time. <laughs> because No, they try it all the time because i got the honey store inside the house and they can smell it. So, if it's oh. uh, uh, if it's uh, warm outside, when they're really active, you cannot go in the backyard because they'll be trying to get in the house to pick up their honey that I took from them. <laughs> it's,
0: They're like, dude, it's
1: yes, <laughs> you yes. have
0: our cat, man. Like, oh, yeah, it <laughs>
1: gets very active on the backyard, and they just, yeah, it's crazy. They try to come in the house, and we cannot go in the backyard at all because nothing but bees trying to come oh, in. Oh, my goodness, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, give us back our honey.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's, it's delicious, goodness. thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is funny.
0: wow okay i feel like we need if there's a cartoonist that's listening um please draw me some bees like in this little cartoon scenarios that we've described today like west side story and knocking (laughs) on his door like a bill collector to get their honey like i i need these in my life now um so if there's an artist out there listening please draw this for me um but okay cool so so much good advice i will um i'll look for maybe some some resources on how to find these but like like you said it's easiest sometimes just to do a quick google search or facebook search for local beekeepers um and i will say also that a lot of times like i said they are often connected with local farmers so even if the farmers themselves don't have them they probably know a local beekeeper so there's there's probably a roundabout way for you to find them um and then a lot of the local healthy stores I've noticed lately. Um, there's one here called Good Earth, and they actually source only local foods. And they had every local beekeeping, yeah. honey harvesting, you know, like uh, person. They had like we have like three or four in the area, um, and they had all of their honey there at that store. And that was the only type of honey they carried, um, which I thought was really cool because any of those options would have been you know, good local options. And so it's like, that's just really nice. So sometimes you can find it there. It's obviously indirectly um, supporting because they've bought it from the, you know, from local beekeepers. Um, but it was just nice to know that that was an option as well. Like, oh, okay, well, if I'm going to go here, at least I can buy this there also, um, which is really cool. So that'll be a good thing. Um, just as a side note, also, there is Something to be said for, I know everyone's really concerned going into winter. Everyone's thinking about flu and thinking about immune system building and all these other things. Um, There's a lot of immune properties within things like B-propolis as well to help support the immune system. The the honey
1: itself, you can't go wrong going with local uh, products. Definitely, you cannot go wrong with that. It's going to do you nothing but good things, especially on this day and age.
0: For sure. For sure. Definitely. Okay. Well, is there any last um, tidbits of advice, funny stories? No, like I said, uh, the most
1: important thing is support your local beekeeper. You're supporting the beekeeper. You're also supporting your local bee population. And in the end, that's what's going to help everyone. Uh, Definitely the the environment, uh, the crops, all the things that we need most of the produce is you're going to support all of that just by supporting your local uh, beekeeping beekeeper. And as a matter of fact, if any of you uh, listeners would like to check things out, you can go to the American Beekeeping Federation, which is abfnet.org. And that will connect you to the beekeepers at your state and local levels. And you can do more research, get a uh, the, the index for your local beekeeper uh, club as well, you can find them through the American Bee Federation.
0: Oh, wow, perfect. That's amazing. Okay, and you guys, I'll link that also in the show notes because that's just such a great resource to have. And like you said, that's it's such a simple thing. Like A, you get to support a local beekeeper, the local bee population, you get to boost your Every, system and your allergies wins. with some delicious local honey. Um, everybody wins. And um, I mean, if they can find a good graphic of the life cycle um, pollination, and we talk a lot about on this podcast, especially about getting good Mm -hmm. nutrients, good local food, but for food to continue to grow, especially when we're talking about organic food being grown and locally sourced food being grown, the bees are a huge part of that. So it's like, you can't really have one without the other. Um, So it's, it kind of, it's almost like a, a healthy healthy seed healthy cell you know a lot of our our healthy foods that we're looking we want to be able to source them you know sustainably that starts with a healthy bee population so um this is a a huge thing to talk about it seems maybe random to talk about bees on on this podcast like what do bees have to do with health um a lot they have a lot to do with health so um even if you're not necessarily like like me at the beginning of this podcast i learned a ton about bees i did not know all these things um but i have an even greater respect for them now and uh very very big respect for the beekeepers and trying to make sure we support them because they are essential yeah essential
1: to all of us so thank you so much for the work that you're doing more important (laughs) thing about honey and i don't know if if some of your listeners have ever yes look at the warning label of honey that do not give it to infants and the reason for it is because honey contains a bacteria that it can produce, it it can affect children because they're still growing. They don't have the immunity buildup. So just keep that in mind. That's the reason why you had that little uh, warning that do not give honey to babies. But usually usually after a year Mm older, humans are good to go when it comes to that. I just want to mention that.
0: Yes. No, thank you. That's always important because we... A lot of times we think of healthy yeah. stuff and we're like, oh, it's healthy. It must be good for everyone, but it's not always um, growing humans are tiny yeah. and much like a lot of the food products that we consume.
1: Exactly. Honey yeah. is
0: still an animal product, um, which means, like as you said earlier, it's not originally designed for human consumption. So there are things that need to be considered um, how to, as I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier too, but like a good thing about sourcing local honey uh, from local beekeepers is that you... Are able to tell also if it's been ethically sourced as well so it's not just the quality of the honey that yeah. you're getting but also like are those bees being taken care of um and things like that as well and it obviously you you love your bees you're taking excellent care of them so that's it's a good thing too so it's just winning all around
1: well, thank um you have yes, I thank you so much
0: for being here today and for sharing about yeah. your bees <laughs> i'm excited i'm excited um this actually is going to be coming out, I believe, if I look at my Ooh. calendar correctly, I think on Thanksgiving, um, which will be super fun. so we can we can do a be grateful kind that, of yeah. <laughs> uh, graphic there just to be really super fun. Um, <laughs> so I might do a special graphic for this podcast for that. But yeah, I, I think um, I think it's going to be coming out on Thanksgiving Day. So listeners, if you are listening to this before or after, oh, we yeah. both wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Um, and, and we're both very thankful for a lot of the lessons learned this year and for the little things in life and the, and the bees, um, and the, the wonderful lessons that they teach every us and the things day, that they give
1: every us. So. Is, yeah. If, if you're waiting for one day of the year to be grateful, you're doing it wrong. It should be a daily thing. Oh yeah. Daily thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just I know you have some. If you guys haven't already listened, um, I think it'll it'll be coming out. Uh, you should be able to hear it soon. Um, if you haven't already, as his other his other interview, JC is there. Um, he's got quite the story, and um, he definitely knows probably better than than every most. Yep. Um, that every day is a gift, and so it's definitely something to be thankful for every day. So, um, as a little actionable thing, I would. I encourage you to, if you haven't already, I know a lot of people do them in November, but I'd encourage you to go ahead and take that gratitude practice that you might've been working on um, forward into the next month as well. And the next month as well, and just continue to do that um, every month, every day. And just that something that you're grateful for that day and thankful for, because it is, it's a very, very powerful exercise because it's very easy to get caught up in especially after 2020, all the things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but a lot of good things happen too. So Thank um, thank you so much for being here, JC. It was an absolute honor and pleasure as always. Thank you so much. Um, I will link all of the places you can find him on social media. He has lots of great content, not just about bees, but he's also an amazing coach. Um, really, really great content as well. So I'll link all of that so you guys can go and follow him as well. And also the link to the American Bee Federation. And as always, lots of light and love on your wellness journey. And I look forward to seeing you all here next Thank time you for having on Latin Wellness.
1: Much appreciated as always. Okay. All
0: Bye-bye. right. Awesome. I'll see you. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in being a sponsor or a patron of this podcast to help us develop more resources and get more exciting things out into the world about the global perspective on integrative wellness and health, please feel free to reach out via email or message. And I look forward to seeing you and the new subscribers that you're going to bring to the podcast as we go along on this journey. Thank you so much for being here and I wish you all the best and light and love as you continue throughout your day today.